0: I'm Eddie Bates. Today, I'm talking with the Reverend Jeffrey Shear. He's administrator for clinical pastoral education with Lutheran Senior Services in St. Louis, Missouri. Pastor Shear, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have some time to learn about your vocation as a chaplain and, and serving in clinical pastoral education. Tell us uh, about what the uh, what the administrator for clinical pastoral education at Lutheran Senior Services does. What, that's a long title. What is does what a uh, administrator for clinical pastoral education do?
1: Yeah, it it really is a long title, but uh, what it really means is that I'm administrating the uh, programs for clinical pastoral education. So I do the training and the education and uh, all the other things that help make those programs exist.
0: For those not familiar with clinical pastoral education, what is clinical pastoral education?
1: It's a, a form of training that most chaplains undergo. Uh, as part of their requirements when they become uh, certified as chaplains. It really is an action-reflection-action kind of model of learning. So someone comes out and does something in ministry, and then we come back and we parse it apart. You know, what, why did you do what you did? Uh, what could you have done differently? Uh, were you successful in what you had hoped to accomplish? Uh, why, why not? Um, did you make use of your theology? I mean, after all, you're a chaplain. That's why you're there to care for spiritual needs. Uh, are you using that, and uh, what what's behind that? So mm-hmm. we explore those kinds of things, and it's about personal growth, but also skill development.
0: And what is the clinical or CPE? I think is is, is right, commonly referred to. Yeah. What does CPE prepare one to do? What is one equipped for? Um, once they've uh, enrolled in and and successfully completed CPE?
1: Well, as a chaplain, you function in a role where you may not have the opportunity to have a long-term relationship with someone. So you have to figure out, how do I get in uh, and tend to things on a much uh, quicker pace than you might in a parish setting or other places where... Mm -hmm. You have an all, a long-term relationship with people. You get to understand them better. You kind of know their life and their families, those kinds of things. Most times as a chaplain, you walk in the door, you know nothing about the person. And they often hand you some very pressing topics because if you're doing hospital chaplaincy, they're in the hospital not because they usually want to be.
0: So what led you to consider this vocation as a chaplain and uh, subsequently uh, the uh, the director or administrator for clinical pastoral education? What led you to consider being a chaplain? What drew you in?
1: Yeah um, I've always had an affinity of identifying with a generation or two ahead of me. So even as a kid, I would be at family gatherings and my my had five brothers and sisters so. They and my cousins would be doing their thing in another room, and the adults were in the other room. I was always with the adults because I wanted to hear what they were talking about and be a part of that. And so that Mm -hmm. naturally drew me to older adult ministry. So that's the context that I serve in is older adults. And so it feels like a natural place for me to be. And what drew me into the education aspect was I did a CP vicarage myself when I was at the seminary. So I did a vicarage and CP at the same time, and that coincided with a previous master's degree that I had obtained before I went to the seminary. And it said, oh, this is how I use all of this in ministry. Versus, well, that was nice knowledge. (laughs) Will I ever use it again? Probably not. So it helped me integrate a few things that I would learned along the way. And then also, I like teaching. I like um, seeing people, uh, their eyes brighten when they discover something about themselves. Uh, They feel like they may not have everything that they need to serve God's people the way they would like to. Mm -hmm. And then they look in the mirror and they go, but wait a minute, I've got a few things here that I may not have noticed before. So helping somebody do that uh, really... Is what motivates me to do pastoral education.
0: You mentioned that you had this, uh, you had uh, studies, all this theory, and then went into the vicarage where there was application of that. Tell me about that, what that was like seeing uh, or, or being in that practical setting where all of your studies then were now being applied.
1: Well, I think that's another thing that drew me to CP is because I am a practical kind of learner. I mean, I get in there and I grew up on a farm. Uh, You know, there wasn't a lot of books in in my day about farming. Uh, You learn by experience and example and getting your hands dirty and getting in there and doing it. So that's translated into my understanding of learning in general is I got to get in there and roll up my sleeves and try out some things. Now some of these skills are innate. Everybody has them, you know, you bring gifts and talents. But some of those you have to learn, you learn new tools. You know, like if you if you, all you have in your tool bag is a hammer and now you're working on fine china, the results probably aren't going to be what you expect or hope for. So you have to find out some other tools and and help you to equip yourself to serve people in a different way. So CPE really helped me with that, that, the practical aspect of I've got this rich theology because my, my seminary has seen to that and educated me, and I've got lifelong Lutheran in my history too. Okay, how do I use this? Because in chaplaincy, you're also encountering people that aren't Lutheran, um, but they still have spiritual needs. So it really helps you understand the, the richness of Lutheran identity and uh, what we have to offer, I think, to the larger church about uh, the abundance of God's grace and mercy in our lives.
0: Tell me more about that, uh, your vocation as a chaplain. In addition to the, the education program, you also serve as a chaplain right. with Lutheran Senior Services. Share with me, paint a picture for me, what that uh, what epitomizes your vocation as chaplain, uh, a story from your life and vocation as a chaplain.
1: Yeah. So as I said before, I I work in a context that's about older adult living. And in our community, we serve all of those different facets of older adult life from independent living all the way to folks that are um, in a skilled nursing, uh, maybe even Alzheimer's um, and dementia being an influencer. So I was engaged with this one person. It's the typical kind of chaplain visit. I come, I get a referral from nursing that you know somebody's really having a hard time, uh, probably could be served by a visit from the chaplain. So I knock on the door and her name was Grace and I'm talking with Grace, just not coincidentally Grace, <laughs> uh, but talking with Grace about you know what's going on in her life. And, and she's at a point in her life where she's just tired and uh, wants to go home and be at rest with the Lord. And uh, her request that day was, Chaplain, I need you to pray that I die tonight. Now, knee-jerk reaction is like, I can't pray that prayer because I don't have that power. God's in charge of this. But in the end, honoring her request because, you know, praying that if, Lord, it's your will that you take Grace home to be with you tonight. As you hear her need, and um, those are typical kinds of visits. But that stands out because, you know, I remember a time when I would, I, I would have said, well, I can't do that. That goes against what I believe about what God says. But having uh, uh, some CPE training helps me understand that I don't have to give that up. But how do I use that to serve someone in a an unusual situation in their in their request? and feel like it's still integrated. It's And I operate with integrity. Uh, often people feel like they have to do something in chaplaincy that violates their integrity. Usually that's more about, I really haven't thought or experienced this. So I don't know where I stand on this. So CPE invites people into those places to say, okay, in this situation, what can you do with integrity? And serve those needs that are before you. So it's not an easy, quick Mm -hmm. answer like the world says we should have, you know. Well,
0: and how did that make a difference then for Grace?
1: Well, and then because Grace was agitated. I mean, that was the referral. Grace has some agitation, chaplain, go pay a visit. So I find out that that's what she's agitated about because nobody wanted to hear Grace say that. Grace, you can't give up. Grace, you got to hang in there. Family was not in support of this. And so bringing in that non-anxious listening presence of, I hear you, Grace. This is where you are. Let's go to God and ask. Yeah, it takes on a much different perspective. And Grace, her anxiety settled. She actually went to sleep. She hadn't been to sleep for three days. She went to sleep. And two weeks later, the Lord heard her prayer and called her to eternal rest. But in that between time, she wasn't agitated as much. I mean, she was impatient. I think that's a natural human issue. Uh, But uh, she was more content to be in that place and wait on God's timing. Because, honestly, that's what we all have to do anyway. (laughs) But it's helpful for her to be heard, but then reminded of God's truth. Because God was still with her, heard her prayer, and just said, not yet.
0: From the the education side, not only do you work with, uh, do you serve older adults, but you also serve your students who are enrolled in the CPE program. And so your vocation, your work impacts them as well. How so?
1: Well, you're absolutely right. Because in some ways, that's probably the biggest part of my ministry right now. Uh, so I often talk with uh, CP students about they're actually an extension of my ministry because they're going out doing this ministry because I'm in the classroom or in the office working with them. So it's it it's an empowering kind of piece of uh, helping people understand they can do this kind of ministry because it's unique. Uh, you encounter a lot more trauma and things than you probably do in a parish setting, not that you don't engage those but not on a repeat everyday kind of basis. So, you know, the issue like with grace, that is a common issue with most older adults in the latter stages of life. So it's working with them and helping them understand that they have some giftedness, things to offer to people, often work with students who are much younger and, you know, here I am going to minister to somebody that's 90 or a hundred. What do I have to offer to them? They have more life than I've ever had, you know, kind of thing there is a richness there of how they can help. So helping them explore that is exciting and seeing them develop their new skills or new awareness about themselves is, it's it's always invigorating for me to see that
0: occur. Tell me about your most challenging day as Chaplain Sheer.
1: Well, I mean, I've had a number of those <laughs> <laughs> and I think most of us do, but, uh, I think the most challenging times are when you encounter somebody that really doesn't want to engage that place in their life. You know, they're, they're more content to just be stuck in the situation and to say, you know, I can't do anything about this. Um, it, it's out of my control. Um, and, you know, so encountering that huge resistance to let's even talk about this. Um, those are the challenging days because then you are stuck, at my understanding. But if you can process through or begin to explore what does this mean, a good Lutheran question, <laughs> uh, but really trying to discover some meaning for this situation and what that means for your life and your perspectives. I mean, there's a lot of ways to explore it. You don't always have to go head on because truth is most times we can't change things. We just have to figure out how do we exist in the midst of, and that can be a very big challenge.
0: What is your advice to uh, to the person thinking maybe chaplaincy is something for me? Who who might serve as a chaplain, and what's the path to becoming a chaplain?
1: Yeah, I think folks that have an interest in, um, or well. Flexibility, I think, is the number one need uh, as a chaplain because you don't know what you're going to encounter visit to visit. Uh, Not that you do at any other point in ministry, but with chaplaincy, it's more intense, it's more immediate. Uh, Do you feel comfortable in those situations? Or do you have to have something that's more routine and scheduled? Uh, Chaplaincy usually isn't that way. I mean, we have our routines and schedules, but uh, there's a lot more... uh, flexibility and nuances in there that are not in the parish. So flexibility is one, um, being able to deal with uh, the unknown. Uh, I want to back up though, because I think the most fundamental thing is to know oneself. CPE is really about a journey towards more self-awareness. We all have strengths. We all have limitations, I can't do anything about any of those if I'm not aware of them. So with awareness comes power. Power to, I can do something about my tendency to deflect when somebody's talking about their pain. Or I can do something when somebody's hurting and my heart hurts with them. I can express my empathy. But without awareness, you, you can't do any of that. Or you may get lucky but don't know how to replicate. So that's, the, I think, the number one reason uh, for getting involved in CPE. So that serves virtually anyone. And I, that's part of my you know, uh, elevator speech for CPE is, well, who should do CPE? And I go, everyone. Really, there is no one that couldn't benefit from doing a unit of CPE. Um, who should do? Uh, those that are gonna think about institutional ministry because that, that's part of, the, uh, part of the training is to get the credentials that everyone else in that institution is gonna have. Doctors, nurses, social workers, everyone else has their certificates and their training. Uh, chaplains need to have that too so that we have an equal place at the table. We're professionals just as anyone else is. And so it gives us an opportunity to claim that and know why we deserve that place at the table.
0: So chaplains, uh, I gather you're a you're a pastor. Uh, but there are others who may serve the the needs of uh, of residents and in, in uh, or uh, patients as well through chaplaincy. Deaconesses,
1: true, uh-huh. Deaconesses. Uh, there are lay chaplains as well. Uh, is I mean, Stephen's ministers often are equated with chaplaincy, so they they take on a, a similar role but there's a lot more training that's involved with becoming a chaplain because most chaplains are going to function on their own, you know, so they won't really have a team. Some do, but a lot of times you're functioning on your own. You're self sufficient. You administrate whatever you need to do. One of the biggest things chaplains have to do is they have to advocate for their positions. Uh, most institutions, even if they have a spiritual perspective for the institution, um, you still have to, this is why this is important. You know, that holistic uh, model of caregiving, it, the spirituality is a component of that. So you often have to be your own advocate for your positions.
0: As a chaplain, how do you bring Christ's word or his mercy to those you serve each day?
1: Yeah, it 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 is a, as basic as to remind somebody of that. Because in the midst of pain and suffering and things that are just God-awful in life, you lose sight of that God is in the midst of that. So often it is reminding someone. So I serve that cross-spectrum of belief systems that's in our culture. Uh, Not everybody I serve is Lutheran or even Christian. But it is to remind them, so what do you have that loves you unconditionally? just because of who you are. And as Christians, as Lutherans, we understand that that, that is God. That, in fact, that is only God. Everything else is somewhat conditional. But having that understanding, that basis to know that somebody's got me, cares about me, just because of who I am, not because of what I do. So it, it's. I think that's the, the giftedness of uh, Lutheran theology to chaplaincy. You know, that, that's what we bring to people. That's what, what people need, uh, even if they don't know they need that. Uh, but that gives them grounding that nothing else will.
0: Thank you for being my guest today. Thanks for sharing your story.
1: You're welcome. My pleasure.